HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Southern Peanut Growers, committed to making sustainable more attainable for chefs and cooking enthusiasts worldwide. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila, delicious and smooth tequila, meaning harmony with the earth. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. Over the years, there have been many trendy methods of naming a restaurant, from street numbers to creative abbreviations. I personally like it when a business is straightforward, a book title that clearly describes its contents. Cafe Spaghetti does just that, in a playful way, while leaving room for the diner to be wowed by just how serious this neighborhood Italian spot is about its foods. And we wouldn't expect anything less from our friend, chef and owner, Sal Lambaglia. Opened at the start of this month, Cafe Spaghetti is in Brooklyn's Carroll Gardens, and it's Sal's first step to ownership after many years amongst the talented teams behind Andrew Carmelini's NoHo Hospitality Group, and most recently as the chef at Bar Primi. Welcome to the show, Sal. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And we're so excited to hear all about Cafe Spaghetti. We know nothing except for the name, of course, and what we've read online. So tell us about the concept. And I'm curious why spaghetti was the noodle of choice for the name. Yeah. So um, see, where do I start? Um, you know, the <laughs> name, the name, the name I, I randomly just thought of, uh, I would say probably like pre-pandemic. Um, and, you know, I, I was like, man, I was like, first venture eventually right because i was like i just wanted to like have a name ready to go and i was like you know what maybe maybe it's sal's maybe it's like sal's of brooklyn so i bought you know i bought as many uh as many names online as i could um so that they were locked in cafe spaghetti i thought of and you know i had this like this group of like restaurant like consulieres that i kind of talked to uh, and, and, and kind of like, you know, they advise, you know, we discuss ideas and, and, and sort of like opinions. And I brought the name to them and to each of them. And, you know, the most of them were like, yes. And some were like, it's weird. Catherine Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, when I, as soon as I, as soon as I opened, I knew it was the perfect name. Prior to that, I was like, it was a little skeptical. Okay, fine. I was skeptical. But as soon as we opened, it just clicked, and I was like, I'm so happy that I went, went with this name. 
take us back to to the beginning. When did you start thinking about because you were at Bar Premium for a long time and you're you had a, a partnership there to some degree, right? And so when did you start thinking about having your own thing and, and, and put it into motion? Yeah, so yes, I was an owner there and as well a partner. Um, and uh, you know, I think it was about let's say around year five or so, Premium just turned eight the other day. And I was there for seven of those eight years. I'd say around year five, I was, you know, getting some calls from some some realtor friends. And, you know, I've been living in Coward Gardens now for about 18 years. Uh, and I love the neighborhood. You know, there's, you know, obviously my wife and I, we have a couple of kids. Uh, but, you know, ton of families, a lot of kids. You know, I, of course, commute to Manhattan. And uh, a lot of people who live here do commute to Manhattan. So I just felt like it was super close to the city. Like kind of like centralized in Brooklyn, um, and um, yeah, and I started looking at spaces. I would say uh, 2018, um, uh, and again, it was sort of like very kind of like loosely during that time, uh, and then things got a little bit more serious uh, right as the pandemic sort of hit and we shut down. Uh, that's when I was sort of out there a little bit more and making some calls. Got it. And so your first step essentially was real estate and that's what what brought you in at that point did you have partner do you have partners in this business or is it just you uh so i have uh, i have two investors one of which yeah. one of which works here and then uh uh the other is actually it's a it's like a small uh, restaurant group they do not work cool and so when so your first step was find a space what what sort of came next i mean tell us a little bit about the process of Developing a business plan, deciding on that it was going to be, did you always know it was going to be a neighborhood Italian place? Did that change based on where you saw spaces? Were you only looking in Carroll Gardens? Were you looking all over Brooklyn? Yeah, so, uh, no, I was just looking at Carroll Gardens. Um, there's a ton of Italian restaurants down here. Everybody who I approached was like, Carroll Gardens? There's, there's like a million Italian restaurants there. What are you doing? <laughs> and, and, you know, of course, like, you know, the question was always like, and like people that knew me, I think understood what I wanted to do. And people that like, you know, sort of questioned were like, what's going to be different about your spot? And, and why is it going to be, why is it going to be busier or just as busy or popular and all that stuff? Um, yeah, I, I uh, this space came about, I live, actually live a block away from this restaurant, which has saved my life, literally. Um, and obviously the commute is, you know, a minute. Um and, um, and, uh, so I, I asked, there's a, a plumber who is, uh, who does my building where I live and is a good friend of the family. And he's like, Hey, there's a space on union street. You should go take a look at it. And so I did. And I reached out to the landlord and this woman owned the building, uh, for about 80 years with her dad, her dad owned the buildings. Uh, and there's three, actually there's three attached buildings. And so they owned all three for, like I said, a, a super long time. And I went in and we negotiated um, and then, uh, she had a, she had a death in her family. So we kind of stopped discussing, uh, and we kind of like put a hold on moving forward. I went to go look at some of the spaces still in the area. Um, one on court street, one on Smith street. Uh, and then, um, and then out of the blue one day, out of the blue one day, I was actually talking to a friend about this space. I kid you not. I'm like, man, I don't know, like that space. Maybe I made a mistake. You know, maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe I, I should have just taken it. And then while, I, while I'm telling my friend the story, I get a I get a phone call, and it's her. 
And I was like, I got to call you back. This is Camille. And he knew Camille as well. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, get that space. And, uh, which was like, which to me, I don't know. It was like a sign. I was like, you know what? And she said, hello. And I was like, Camille, I'm coming to see you. Uh, and she's super sweet. She's like in her eighties. She's a doll. She just had been here recently. Um, and, uh, and we signed a deal. That was, uh, that was July, June or July. I forget exactly, which I know I, I should know these things, but I think it was June. Let's say June. Of, to- of 2021? Of 2021, yeah. And how, was the space a restaurant before or was it just... A- Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, what was it? Was it a restaurant? Were you able yeah. To- yeah. Um, it was a cafe. It was called Canteen. Uh, it was like a neighborhood gem. Um, and, you know, Cafe Spaghetti is across the highway, um, across the BQE. And, you know, which is sort of like a little bit like, it's like an area like in, a, like in its own, you know? Um, you know, Court Smith, Clinton, these are all like popular streets. I feel like once you cross the BQE, it's like, I don't know, it's like no man's land, kind of. Um, at least people sort of like, if you tell them that you're going across the highway or like when I was, they were like, across the highway? No, it's not as busy there. And, all this <laughs> stuff. Um, and I actually like it more because of it. Um, like the, the block that I'm on, yeah, like by no means is it as busy as Court or Smith Street. Um, but it's like a little bit off the beaten path and like the block itself that we're on between, uh, Columbia and Hicks is like, I don't know. It's like, it's super quaint. It's a little bit quiet. It's like all these like colorful buildings and there's like a couple of businesses. Um, so I actually like that. It's like a little bit quiet, you know? Um, it, it sort of has like a small town feel, but, uh, Canteen was a coffee shop. They spent, they had like a four year run, uh, in this space. They were super sweet. They couldn't survive through the pandemic, unfortunately. And they were just open for like breakfast and some light lunch. And then before that, it was probably like six, six places. Um, I don't really know. I never, I haven't been to any of the, of, of, of what was happening here. But every once in a while, I get like a customer who's like, oh my God, this, this used to be so-and-so's place. And, it, and they had fried chicken and they had, it was just kind of cool. So. <laughs> I've been hearing more and more of the history behind this space, which has been pretty cool. I feel like that always happens in the neighborhood spot. It's like, oh, welcome. This was my favorite beloved fried chicken joint or whatever. And it's like, yeah, New Yorkers are funny yeah, like that. It is. And, 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 you know, just with that, it's like the woman, Alex, who was here, again, she was a doll. And, like, I, I never met her, but we still message. And, and, like, she DMs me, like, oh, my God. Like, you know, she reposted the opening story. So she's been super sweet. But, like, everybody loved her, you know? And, and so, you know, like I, I felt I had some big shoes to fill. Right. So she, cause they were like, Oh my God. I'm like, where's Alex? Like early on, I'm like, I don't know where she is. You know? Uh, so that's been kind of funny. Do you, do you feel like it helps that you're from the neighborhood and that, you know, that you've lived there for almost two decades and um, sort of sounds like, you know, people in, in the neighborhood as well. Yes. It's, it's definitely a big help. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know, I kind of feel like, you know, when I, like, because, like, they ask, oh, like, where do you live? Where are you from? I'm like, I've been here for almost 20 years. I live up, up, up the block. Oh, my God, up the block. I live on, I live on Henry or I live on Higgs. So there's been a lot of, a lot of that. And, yes, I do have a lot of friends, um, you know, who grew up here and, of course, over the years um, that I've made. So it's been super cool. Tell us a little bit about the, the build-out. I know you have um, a lot of family did you guys DIY it? Did you hire contractors? Yeah, so we, um, when I first signed the lease, I had nobody. 
Um, I am not handy whatsoever. I mean, I can't even put a shelf up. Um, <laughs> no, it sounds kind of sad, but it's true. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like, I made some calls to some local people and some friends and we're trying to figure out like, what's the best way. And of course, economic way, you know, it's a pretty small space. Um, and you know, we have this huge garden, which I'm so, I'm sure we'll get into, but, uh, I made some calls and then I was connected to Matt Matty, uh, who, uh, is, is a hell of a guy. He built, um, and designed Lilia. Shea Montant, Weather Up, Number Seven, a uh, bunch of places. I'm missing a bunch, but yeah, we had a meeting. And when I brought him into the space for the first time, uh, we walked to the backyard, which is full of weeds and you know overgrown trees and stuff. And uh, and I knew he was the guy for the job because we walked into the backyard, and he has kind of like long hair, and uh, it was like a windy day, and <laughs> just like he just stared like into the yard. And, and like, it was about like 15 seconds, which is like a long time, you know, and he didn't say much. And I kind of looked over and, I, and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what is, what's happening? You know, like, is he okay? You know, and like, like his hair was moving in the wind. And I'm like, and uh, he looks over to me. He's like, this is great, man. He's like, I, I want to do this for you. Um, so that's how, that's how it started. And then, uh, you know, from there, I, I, I wanted a couple things for sure. I wanted dark green. Uh, and I, and we have some exposed brick. We have some super high original ceilings. Of course, I didn't want like any of that touched. So I really wanted to kind of keep the bones, um, you know, in the design. And I didn't want that stuff, you know, to be changed. So, you know, he added a bunch of marble in the space and a lot of shelving. Uh, and, um, and then he kind of, uh, yeah, he kind of like, it, it's honestly, a lot of it is, is, is his own personal touch. Um, you know, we have like a lot of like stuff from like Naples and there's a lot of photos of my family and grandparents and my dad from when he worked on Mulberry Street. But I got to be honest, like the majority of design is all uh, Manny's vision. What, so what was the vision that he was specifically having with the wind blowing in the air, looking at the courtyard? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, um, you know, like, like, like one thing he wanted, um, you know, I, I wanted to cover the whole entire backyard so that we were like rainproof. Um, I was, I was always worried about the size of the space. Um, and I will always be forever worried about the size of the space. Uh, the inside, just about 18 seats. Um, there's oh, wow. a, yeah, there's like a, there's like a 60 bar, which of course we see and you can dine at. There's a couple of high tops. And then in the back, before you go to the, to the garden, there's like an eight top, you know, there's like, there's a, there's like four deuces. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I wanted to kind of create more of a, more, more coverage in the yard. So, uh, so obviously if it would rain, we wouldn't lose that, especially during the warmer months, but, uh, Maddie's vision, you know, he wanted to keep it like super, super Italian. Like we had dinner, we had some conversations. I kind of showed him a bunch of pictures of what I was thinking, but there was no, like, there was no like deck, you know, there was no like, you know, design process. Uh, we kind of just went with it, uh, which at first I was very worried. I was like, wait a second, you know, working with NoHo, every opening there was like, you know, decks upon decks of colors, <laughs> design, you know, and he's kind of like, we're just going to go with it, man. I was like, uh, okay, you know, but, but like, I don't know, like I, I, I was always intrigued by like, you know, those big colorful decks, right? Um, 
of course, in time, I, I, knew, I figured out those cost a lot of money. So yeah. I'm very thankful to Maddie for not having gone down, down, down that road, you know? Um, but yeah, he, he wanted to keep it super Italian, like knickknacks and, and pictures. And, you know, there's a couple of like banners that say Italy and Napoli, you know, like a little bit, I feel like, you know, Maddie said once, he's like, I don't think you can make this place corny. You know, even if you try, he's like, I want you to like, cause like, you know, like some places have like figurines and pictures of like their, of like a fake grandfather and, you know, like right. a gorilla head, you know, but, cheeky, he but like, not cheesy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, bring me everything. As long as it's real and it has a meaning, he's like, bring it over. So that's what I did. I just kept bringing him stuff. And he, he kept like, <laughs> he's like, we're going to put this here. We're going to put this there. So yeah, Maddie was a big help. The Lambaglia family memorabilia is uh, enshrined oh right God. now in Cafe Spaghetti. <laughs> I love it. Right, so if you haven't like, if you haven't seen or read the review, then to get a visual, it's like now it's like a there's some cobblestones, there's a an antique Vespa, there's like striped yeah. umbrellas in the backyards. It's very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very it's cute. Like, I'm, I'm pretty much like I can like sell this stuff if I wanted to. People have been asking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm selling it, redoing. Um, no, but so tell me about your like your concerns and and were there were they concerns for your partners over the the limited seating and and was there you know I, I think I feel like um, dining in a post pandemic era the number of seats you have inside is a little less important. So tell us a little bit about how you like clearly you forged ahead and took the space anyway. But tell us about that decision process. Yeah, so um, um, you know the the garden helped. You know, uh, I think right now back there, we, we could probably fit around sixty people back there. Um, and then uh, I'm actually sitting outside, and we built like a, of course, like everyone else, we built like a little like street, like a, like a little like street house, um, right. and we legit made it like a house. There's curtains in here. There's fans, and plants, <laughs> and pictures. Um, it's crazy, uh, but we try to make it as cozy as possible. But uh, out here is about uh, twenty seats plus some sidewalk tables. Um, you know, all in we're about a hundred seats all in, um, uh, which has been which has been great because we've been using those seats. Obviously, we're in like prime time. Um, but yeah, Maddie Maddie's vision. You know, he wasn't really so concerned about how small the inside was. He just kept wanting to put emphasis on the backyard. Um, and, you know, timeline wise really worked out, you know, I wanted to open up in November and of course, January. And, and I was like, I'm going to open in March and that all kept changing, um, which I don't know, I think deep down inside, I knew it would, but I was hopeful to kind of like open earlier. I just wanted to get to work. Um, but, uh, you know, we opened in May, which I think was super positive uh, and helpful, you know, because we did, we did have access to that yard and, We'd like put it to use. Um, um, yeah, so you know, there's 60 seats back there. They're all in use. We we covered half of it, and and like you just mentioned, Alex, about sort of like the change and and how we utilize it. You know, I I come from all large, very large restaurants, so for me it was a big change, right? Coming here, I'm like sitting in there and it's like 18 super tight seats, uh, and it like it would it would keep me up at night. You know, I think I've been sleeping a little bit better now. <laughs> because we've been so supportive, and of course the yard, um, you know we have some, you know we have some space. But um, 
you know, Maddie was like, Maddie kept saying not to cover the whole yard. We got a bunch of like these hanging vines and ivy everywhere. And he really wanted to, he really wanted to like leave it open, you know, and not sort of build, you know, especially not like in the beginning. He wanted to, it to be like supernatural, it's super green. Um, and I haven't told him yet, but like he's been right. You know, yes, when it rains, we lose, you know, a third of the yard and we just have like 25 seats back there. Um, I don't know, no, no, no. I, I, I think I, I kept focusing on like the volume and like, you know, we have, you know, we got to pay the bills and, you know, we got to, you know, labor's gone up and yada, yada and like all this stuff. But I think, um, you know, Maddie was right. You know, it's, 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 it makes for a nicer restaurant. And I think when it gets cold, we'll figure it out. But um, I think he was right about sort of keeping it, uh, keeping the yard open, even if we did lose half the yard. So, yeah, I think it's always, you know, I think it's always wise, to, even if you're not constrained in that way, to start small and have you know have a line of people waiting outside the front door than to have a big empty restaurant just because you're so focused on what the numbers could be if it were full. It can be a really challenging thing. It's always much more fun to go to a packed, tiny little restaurant. Um, you can always take the space next door and stay upstairs, or right? Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know, like for me, I mean, you know, I mean, anyone who knows me, like this is perfect spaghetti. It literally has it's it's a dream come true. I mean, um, I, I think like in my head, I've always envisioned. Whether it be Sal's Cafe Spaghetti, obviously Cafe Spaghetti came a couple of years ago, but at some point I was envisioning this space being in operation and and you know hearing the playlist and seeing people eat and you know seeing the yard in full motion and seeing my team having fun. Like I don't know, it's like like it already happened, you know, at some point in my dreams, and you know, I'm super thankful, super super happy. Tell us a little bit about your. Your journey, and you, you touched on you know the differences between you know the the opening process with NoHo Hospitality versus your own place. Tell us some of the other things that that sort of gave you um, gave you the confidence to do to do this space, and, and what are some of the other things you took from from the NoHo Hospitality and, and put into openings Cafe Spaghetti? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I I I, I was. I always kind of say this and I, and we always hear it. It's kind of like whatever's meant to be will be. And I think, you know, uh, the, like, you know, kind of like timing is everything, you know, you know, a bunch of years back before, before our premium opened up, I actually went and showed, I, I was, I was at Lafayette and, uh, and I wanted to move on and I had a meeting with Carmelini. I'm like, listen, I want to move on. All I want to do is like spaghetti and meatballs. I got to figure it out. I was like, all right, you know, he's like, let's just touch base in a couple of weeks. I took him to come, I took him to go see a space that was on Houston Street. That was an old Five Guys Burgers. And I was so excited about it. I'm like, this is it. I'm going to open up Sal's and, and that's it. And I'm going to sell pasta. And I took him to go see the space. And, uh, and I was like, hey, chef. I was like, come see the space with me. And I took him there and I was like, I want to open this up. I'm going to raise money. And, uh, you know, this is... Uh, like, you know, eight, maybe like nine years ago, you know, uh, I didn't really know what I was talking about. I mean, I, I, I thought I did and I maybe, and maybe I kind of did, <laughs> but I'm glad that I went and I did bar premium, you know? Um, 
and and listen, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, opening opening restaurants, I think has helped me a lot. You know, I think anyone who has opened a business, you know, not just restaurants, but it's 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 the reason why I'm here, right? I mean, I started out back at Avoce, and then I opened I opened La Conde Verde. I went on and worked at the Dutch, opened the Dutch in Soho. I opened Dutch Miami. I lived there for about a half a year. Went on and I opened Lafayette, and then I left Lafayette and opened Joe's Pub. Sorry, uh, Joe's Pub was before Lafayette. Um, and then I just pub for a little while, and then Lafayette, and then I went and opened Bar Premi. And sorry about all those opening stories. Uh, opening. No, I know. And and so it's like for me, I don't know. It, it, it's it made me super confident, and I feel like having gone through all those openings, it's told me turned me into this like opening monster, right? It's like <laughs> you know, listen, I'm not that I, I'm, I'm learning. Learning, I'll be learning every single day, right? By you know, I'm not saying that I got it down, but you know, you go through you go through that and the review processes and photo shoots and you know, staffing and menu development and special. I mean, everything involved, right? I mean, it's and and it, I mean, it's it's just it's just changed how I look at restaurants, right? And um, and it changed the way I do things here, you know. So. Uh, it's been a hell of a ride, you know, and obviously still continuing on. But um, the journey that that was a that was a super important journey, and I'm very grateful for it. Is there anything that surprised you with your opening that you hadn't experienced before? I think I think having to pay all the bills, <laughs> you know, like of course I opened up all the restaurants, I didn't have to worry about anything really, like you know, on the back end side, right? You know, no, it was a big company. We had finance team and HR team, you know, and now I'm like writing checks and paying like the plumber. I'm like, <laughs> why? Like, what's happening? You know, like the unsexy stuff. Oh my God. I'm like, I just want to cook, you know? Um, <laughs> so that's been, that's been interesting. And again, listen, you know, I'm, I think what I thought I knew back in June, you know, compared to what I know now is, is, uh, you know, it's been astronomical, you know? I mean, speaking about that, you know, you came at all these openings as like the chef partner and chef operator with your time at NoHo and you had this whole back office doing all these things that come with having a large restaurant group. Um, how how was it for you in terms of like the planning and the like budgeting? Did you like, did you budget enough? Were you like, oh God, you know, is there things where you overspent, underspent that surprised you? Um, you know, I do this thing and, and I don't really know why I do it. I I was always like a list person and, and even now like in my notes, like I have a list of like what groceries I have to buy and what what my daughter needs or like like I, I, I've always worked off of lists and 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 you know, Cafe Spaghetti, I I didn't have any like fancy, you know, programs for budget and what I could afford and what I couldn't afford. I just kind of winged it, which I know sounds kind of crazy and not professional. <laughs> after having done all the openings, but like, I knew that I wasn't going to spend a million bucks, right? Uh, and I kind of used that as like, because I know I feel like a million bucks is like, even though now it's like that means nothing, but I feel like a million bucks for like this size space. Listen, like I could have, I could have totally spent a million bucks here, you know. Um, and I won't say how much I actually spent. It was not a million bucks, um, <laughs> but 
um, I don't know. I use that as, as sort of like, you know, as sort of like something to work off of. Um, you know, I had a bunch of lists and some like, you know, full yellow notepads, but you know, I was super, I was like smart about it. You know, like I, I, you know, I bought some stuff secondhand and, you know, I, I drove to like Pennsylvania and like went to this like restaurant auction, you know, um, uh, you know, Matt Maddie was a big help. Obviously, you know, I spent some money with him, but you know, it was, uh, it was controlled, right. You know, he didn't just go off and say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, you're going to spend, you know, half a million bucks on all this. It was kind of sort of like day by day, you know, Hey, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy this material. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, we're, we're going to buy this paint. We're going to use these fans. Let's not change this. Let's wait till later. So I felt like I had like a lot of control, you know, with like changes and what I was spending. Um, obviously equipment, you guys know, uh, you know, speaks for itself. Everything, everything keeps cost money. Um, but, um, I can say that I, I was in control for like a lot of what was happening the last month or two. I, I didn't even know what happened to the rest of the cash that I had. Um, you know, it was like, you know, it's like, you know, maybe this wasn't a good fit. Maybe this broke down because it wasn't in use, right? Uh, we, need all, we need all these plants. We need more staplers. So shit got real the last two months. Excuse my French. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, you know, I, I thought I, I had everything covered. Then I was like, wait a second. I don't have a juicer. I don't have enough cutting. <laughs> I don't have enough tables. And I'm like, no. I thought I had, like, I thought it was all figured out. So that was a big surprise. That always happens. I think at the end, there's always some unwelcome surprise. But speaking of a welcome surprise, so you also welcomed a new baby right before the restaurant opened. Tell us about tell us about parenting and opening a restaurant all at the same time. Yeah, a newborn. Um, you know, I was I was when I left preemie in September. I was really trying to time the opening with the birth of my second child, and I was like, <laughs> I got this. And I was telling my wife, I'm like, don't worry. You know, I'm like, I'm going to open the restaurant in November. We're going to be open for like five months before the baby comes. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, and I truly believed it. And I like, and like, if, if you would have came and saw the space of where it was at in November, like you would have laughed, you know, like, I, I, I don't know what I want. I'm going to do. I'm going to start delivery. We're going to be a commissary. You know, it's like, what if I, like, what that, what was I thinking? Um, and, but even like in January, February, I was like, all right, we're doing May. No, yes, no, we're doing, sorry, we're doing March. And I was like, I'm going to open this up before. And then, and then, of course, like in January, February, I was like, this is not going to happen. But my wife, God bless her, she, um, you know, she, she wasn't here every day, you know, but she was still like, you got this. We cannot Aww. open the baby comes. She's like, we have to open before. We need the income. <laughs> we need money. You have to open. I'm like, Gina, that's not how it works. Like, we're just gonna like we're gonna open. Like, like we need permits. She's like, no, you said you were gonna open. You have to open. Um, <laughs> that's like it's so funny. But um, yeah, then the baby came. I'd say a month before the baby came, I was like, all right, I'm gonna open this thing up in May. Like, this is this is it. And May was gonna, like May was the date, right? There was no there was no June or July. It was gonna be like the first week of May. So. The baby came and we stuck to it. Um, and I, again, like we weren't open yet, right? So I had all of April to stay home, you know, kind of like get set up, um, uh, which was a huge help. And I think that 
I should have just stuck with 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 opening up after the baby, which would have helped me out a lot just mentally, you know, and for planning purposes. But um, yeah, listen, it's uh, you know, the real hero is my wife, and 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 I think uh, after number one, with number two, you're kind of like. You know, moms are, um, even with number one, not that I would say it's like two is the, but, you know, mothers are, are the real, real superheroes, you know, um, you know, when I'm, when I, when I catch a second and I'm home with the both of them, I, I literally start to cry. Um, <laughs> I can't handle it or it's a bad thing. You know, I love being home, but, you know, it's just the moms are, uh, the moms are it, you know? <laughs> It always happens at the same time. Yes, yes. There's okay. like there's no avoiding it. There's just no avoiding it. I no think. But, um, but you makes you a good multitasker. I'm yes. Sure. No, it's been. Um, listen, it, you know, it's I, I don't know. I feel like if you work in restaurants and and uh, you know you got to kind of like you got to you know you got to have you got to plan. You know, you got to be you know like you just said a good multitasker. You know, that's um, you know it's super important. You know, but of course having a good Having a good, uh, you know, sidekick by my side, which, you know, because my wife uh, makes it a lot easier. So super thankful for that. Three kids, basically. Three babies. Um, three little babies, yeah. Three little babies. This episode is proudly supported by Southern Peanut Growers, who are spreading the word about peanut sustainability. As the planet's resources are strained to meet the nutritional needs of its populations, many responsible chefs are doing their part by sourcing local and sustainably raised food. Many are surprised to learn that peanuts are one of the most sustainable plant-based proteins available. Southern Peanut Growers created the campaign Making Sustainable More Attainable in partnership with award-winning chef Stephen Satterfield. Together, they're bringing the sustainability message to chefs nationwide, whether it's conserving water, minimizing fertilizers, or achieving zero waste, peanuts are a logical choice for your next menu. Southern peanut growers represent farmers across Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, and Alabama. For more information, visit www.peanutbutterlovers.com. I'm Chava Perivan, co-host of Agave Road Trip on HRN, here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods that a family-owned and operate distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainability-managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as Sacred, my organization in Jalisco, where together we transform agave byproducts and water waste into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 has been part of so many magical nights for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. All right, Al, should we go over to order fire? Yes, we should. 
You want to introduce it? Sure. So we're working on something uh, a little new to end the show. And um, the idea is that when we're doing videos, we will be giving you 10 questions to answer in 10 minutes while picking up a dish. My, um, my, my what? You get off the hook today because <laughs> you don't have to pick up a dish, but you just have to answer the questions. And they're very, very easy. Just kind of quick fire questions about um, about your restaurant and about um, your journey, sort of. Um, so I'll kick it off and tell us your favorite menu item at Cafe Spaghetti. Favorite menu item is um, the spaghetti vongole, spaghetti clams. And the most ordered menu item so far. I guess you're only a month in, so. Mm. I would say right now it's the rice balls. Rice balls. Mm. Yeah. What about your best food cost item? Ooh. My best food cost item, I'm not going to tell you the actual one, but <laughs> no, I would say, I would probably say the rice balls maybe. Makes sense. I mean, you probably have a good food cost across all your pasta. Are you are your, across all the pastas, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we're making one shape. I'm, you know, we're, we're from Naples, so everything is all about the, the, uh, the dry pasta, you know? Um, so, you know, we're getting, we're buying spaghetti and linguine and the fusilli shape that we get, we're making the rest, but, um, I love, I love dry pasta and the texture and, and, uh, you know, how al dente it gets, you know, I like fresh pasta. I love a good ravioli, fettuccine, but, um, I love uh, dry pasta more. Yeah. A little toothsomeness to it. I right. like an al dente. Makes sense. Um, tell us something that you're doing to make your business sustainable. To make it sustainable. Um, yeah, it could be, you can use sustainable in any way that makes sense to you. Sure. Um, I am really trying to figure out how, um, how to make all of my employees super happy. Uh, whether that means, you know, uh, whether that means uh, more perks, whether that means family meal, whether that means, um, uh, you know, uh, certain holidays off, um, all that good stuff. You kind of got the next question on that one because the next one was, how do you plan to hire and keep great employees, great talent? Um, so I'm curious, like, is your, I imagine given the size of your interior space and that you're probably making yourself work a lot, do you have a pretty small team? Yeah, I mean, I'm working a lot. You know, to be honest, I, 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 take, I, I really, really value that question. And I'm not just saying it because, like, because I have to say it. Um, and you can ask anybody who works with me or who has worked with me. Um, my my team is everything. You know, I, you know, I come in every day and I, and and I'm here. I have been here every hour since we've been open, and then some. Um, you know, from creating to helping them, helping the team. With, I mean, whatever we got to do, right? We're making staff meal. We have to. We have to sweep, mop, whatever the case is. Um, but, uh, you know, my team was a big, big part of the success that is Cafe Spaghetti. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't have, I, I, have, a, I have a pretty good sized team. Um, I have a lot of guys and girls who work part-time and I have a, I have a bunch who are also full-time. Um, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm used to working with bigger teams and for me, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit overstaffed, 
which don't tell anybody that, that I am, other than the <laughs> staff. Um, but I don't know. It, it 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 kind of it helps me a little bit, and it helps them. Um, and I think something that I'll say about that is, you know, we've we've all everyone who works here has worked in, in in big restaurants, and not that Cafe Spaghetti is a tiny restaurant. We are we are internally, obviously, the Guardian changes that, but. I don't know. It was like refreshing to them and to myself, uh, which is why I'm here. But you know, to not to not do all these covers, right? Um, right. You know, I, you know, I, I think about the, the amount of covers and the amount of pastas that I've picked up and cooked at one time, and it, it's it's a lot. You know, it's it's a lot. You know, my dad has been a chef for all his life, and he's still cooking, and he's here. But you know, and and you know, God bless. You know, he's in good shape, but like. It's a lot, you know, you know, night in and night out, hundreds and hundreds of covers. So for me, I don't know. I, I love the size. I love that, that we're not doing thousands of covers a night or hundreds of covers a night. It's, it's kind of like the perfect storm right now. So, and, 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 and the staff really like relates to that too. So it's been nice to, it's been nice to see. Not one of your questions, but are you guys seven days lunch and dinner, or what's what you, uh, right you know right now we're just dinner only Tuesday to Sunday. Uh, we're doing like a little cafe on the weekends with a light brunch sort of uh, menu. There's a couple egg sandwiches. There's some granola, um, but that's just sort of like a little prep into brunch, which will start I think at the end of June. We're kind of like just like doing dinner and locking that in, um, and then we're closed on Mondays for now as well too. Take out or no? Take out, take out. Take out. Take out. We'll start probably this week or next week. I, I I'm, a, I'm a big fan of delivery. You know, uh, my wife and I take out a lot uh, when we're super busy, uh, and this neighborhood I think loves delivery. So yeah, we'll start it up eventually, but maybe next week. Okay, back to the back to the list. What was the uh, worst building or developing moment that you went through? Um, having to move, having to move equipment downstairs into the basement. Um, we were moving, I had bought a, a big dishwasher for the basement and we were moving it, I'd say probably in like January, it was a freezing day. And, uh, and the steps that we had, that we had, I actually, I put new steps and down to the cellar, the steps that we had were like super, super like steep. And, uh, these two gentlemen, God bless them. They were moving the dishwasher downstairs and I went to go make some room in the back area and I heard a big bang oh, no. and I came back and there's a, this gentleman was underneath the dishwasher. Oh my God. And I, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm, I'm done. I mean, he was, it was the last step. So he kind of like caught the dishwasher but right. I think I tell you that day what I bought that journal. I mean, I mean, I bought them lunch and coffee and Gatorade. I gave him a piece <laughs> to take to his family. Um, he was fine, but it was uh, it was a scary moment. So but, scary! Oh my yeah. god! Wow. Sure, heart was like in your throat. Oi. Um, well, I'm glad he was okay, and I'm glad yeah. the dishwasher made it downstairs. But <laughs> there's always one of those. This is one of our favorite questions. What about your most influential role model within or outside the hospitality industry? Mm. Oh, man. Um, 
you know, I really want to be like Matthew McConaughey and say it's my show for <laughs> 10 years. You know, I really, oh, yeah. really want to say that. I'm not going to say that, though. Um, but I thought you were going to say Matthew McConaughey. I no. Let's go down. You know, I, 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 think, I, think, I think it's my dad. You know, I think it's my dad. My dad, you know, really quick, I'll take a minute. My dad has been in restaurants for a long time, um, you know, since he came to this country, you know, in his early 20s. Like I said, he's 70, you know, he's still in restaurants and ups and downs and the shoulda, woulda, could is, you know, he kept with it. You know, he kept with it, kept doing his thing. And, uh, and I value him for that and, and, uh, and, uh, and his hard work. So, yeah, my dad. I was. I thought you were going to say the restaurant Consiglieri's, which we didn't get to dive into. But I'm very no, curious about that. that. I could come with the next one, though. No, yeah, the hell with those guys. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> next time. So this sort of leads into that best business resource or piece of advice. Um, you mean like who? Like who is that? It could be. No, it could be like a book or a podcast, oh, magazine. Got it. Could be a got person, it. Um, whatever. Business resource, right, or advice? Or it could yeah. be the Consiglieri. It could be your consigliere. You know, it could be anything. You know, I, I have, um, um, I, have, I have like two people. I mean, I have many people who have been telling me to, to quit, to quit where I was at at Premi, to quit and hurry up and open and open this restaurant. Um, and and, uh, and uh, I'd say uh, this is my good friend, Vinny Falzon, who's uh, been by my side for a while and, uh, and, and, He's in restaurants too in, in New Jersey, but um, you know he's always been he's always been there, and 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 he's he's in that restaurant consigliere group, uh, and and so he's kind of like one of the first calls that I made to say, hey, listen, Vin, what do you think? I got this space, or I got this menu item, or um, yeah, it's, it's Vinny Falzon. <laughs> uh, so, one thing you would tell a young chef about the path to ownership? I would tell them. What I tell them? I tell them like a lot of things. Um, I would tell them to stay in school. No, I'm only kidding. Um, stay what? <laughs> stay employed. No. Um, I would say, uh, I, I would say like really prepare yourself, you know, get as much experience as possible prior to, you know, prior to opening uh, any business, right? But yeah, really like, really kind of like go through it, you know, go through it, prepare yourself um, on all levels. Um, because it's a lot. It's a lot. And final question, Sal. What is your why? Why did you choose to open a restaurant? Why? Because, because it, you know, it, I think it's, it's, it, was, it was meant to be. You know, I, 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 you know I, and, I, and I, maybe it sounds cliche, but I don't know. I think, you know, I, I've always felt, I've always felt like this for years. You know, and I've watched a bunch of Italian chefs, any chef, right, but more like more chefs opening up like Italian restaurants, you know, over the years. And we all know who they are, whether in Brooklyn or Manhattan. And, and um, I always thought like, man, like, you know, is there going to be room for me? You know, is, 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 is my restaurant going to matter? You know, is it, is it going to be good enough? And obviously, listen, Cafe Spaghetti is a month old. We'll find that out in like a year or two or three or five or 10, right? Um, and I'm not saying, you know, any of that for like the future, but for right now, I don't know, I kind of feel like, um, I kind of feel like I I w- was always hoping that, that there was a little like a little space for me that was like carved out, um, and and not just for myself but for um, 
for cafe spaghetti. So I always wondered about it. I, I, I think I feel better about it now, uh, you know, given where, where, where I've come in the last eight months and where we, where we've gone in the last month, uh, almost being open. Um, so yeah, that's why. Cool. Why? Cause you love it. All right. Al, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, thanks, Sal. I've always enjoyed uh, chatting with you, and and we're um, we're very excited and, and proud to see that you've got your space uh, and your niche. And it, it is definitely carved out for you. Thank you. We're gonna be there with our because uh, basically all our kids eat is pasta, so you know. Yeah. We'll, so we're, we'll run around and jump on the Vespa. <laughs> yeah, well, let's yeah. do anything, buddy. I just gotta thank you. And first, thank you so much for for having me. Um, you guys are amazing, and I love what you guys have done and continue to do. Um, we had uh, we we had twenty three children back here last. <laughs> Listen, I, I love kids. I adore kids, so it's so it's fine. It's it's just so funny. Like twenty three kids, and there was like there was rocks and spaghetti, potato <laughs> sauce, like. What a deep clean we did it like the next day. It was unbelievable. This is a neighborhood restaurant, right? I think. That's yeah. And it's amazing. Like you just put pasta and like the kids love the gravel rocks. I don't know. Yes. I, I just don't understand. No, but yes, it sounds like a recipe for kid heaven. Yeah. And like there's been like, I mean, I've seen like there's been like newborns like laying in the rocks and parents are just like dumping their kids and they're like digging <laughs> through. I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's been awesome. Sal, how do we find uh, the restaurant online, on social? Yeah, Cafe Spaghetti on Instagram, cafespaghetti.com uh, is the website. Um, uh, yeah, this cool. where we are. We are at, we are opening soon and at Till at NYC. Um, thanks again, Sal, and uh, we'll see you at the table. Thank you so much. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.